Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 35. I am your host, Jacques, and with me is the famous archaeologist, Indy. How's it going, Indy? Hi, friends. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jacques? I'm okay, man. We we were just having a fucking laugh fest before we hit record, and uh, I am just kind of all (laughs) out of sorts. I was trying to hold it together here. I almost forgot what episode it was. But luckily, I remembered at the last second. I'm glad you did, because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so enough of that. And uh, let's go ahead and just plug the socials. They are in the description. <laughs> this is just... the <laughs> Guys, just bear with us. This is going to be a mess. <laughs> we are slap happy for some reason. We will make it work. <laughs> So, okay, yeah, socials are down in the description. We have our, our link tree is down there, so go click on that. You've probably already been there. You know the drill. Okay, uh, but I do want to plug our Twitch because we just made Twitch affiliate. Woo! So we're pretty psyched about that. Hell yeah. So if you have not followed us yet on Twitch, go ahead and do so. Or just Boundless Gamers. We're pretty much Boundless Gamers everywhere. So we'd appreciate that. And I'd also like to plug my friend's podcast. Now, I've I've plugged it before, the Gram Slam podcast, but he now has a companion podcast called the S'morecast, which is basically going to be a more personal uh, podcast about his life and him as a person. And he just released the first episode, and it's going to be once monthly. And I highly recommend everybody go listen to this one. Um, it's a little more accessible to listen to this if you're not like into you know baseball or all that other stuff from his normal podcast. But in this one, he talks about uh, like his journey um, to become a wildland firefighter. Oh wow! It's really a pretty amazing story. Like the, he's he he's such a hard worker. It's it's kind of a story of perseverance. And uh, kind of like a lesson in like how to just uh, keep trying and don't let failure stop you and just keep learning. And yeah, but uh, so go listen to that. That's the uh, the Graham Slam podcast. And that's it for the plugs. Did you want to plug anything, Indy? No, I was just going to say thank you, everybody who did follow us on Twitch. Um, When we started last week, we had one goal in mind. That was to hit affiliate by the end of the week. Uh, which we did, and then when we started doing the Twitch in December, when we went into the new year, the only goal we set for it was to become affiliate, and to be honest, we thought it was going to take so much longer than it did, so y'all's support has been almost overwhelming, like we don't have emojis ready to go, we don't have anything ready as far as um, some of the typical perks that come with the affiliate, just because y'all helped us get there so fast. So, I mean, for me and everybody else, just thank you guys so much. And um, hopefully we'll have those emojis and all the other perks that come with being an affiliate uh, here soon. Oh, we've got an emoji coming. (laughs) Actually, that particular emoji has already been loaded. Oh, no shit. Oh, my God. The only thing we're waiting on is for uh, Twitch to approve it. So by the time you guys are hearing this, hopefully you'll have that wonderful piece of art in the chat. Uh, hopefully they approve it because it's a little spicy. 
It's a little spicy. <laughs> I know that's the only thing I'm wondering. I was like, I wonder if they're gonna be okay with that. But uh, yeah, no. Ash did a fantastic job on it. It's it's so hilarious. Like she really did. I know she's really proud of it. Yeah, it's when I saw that, I just could not believe it. Um. So, but if you guys <laughs> haven't seen it. Just uh, come join our uh, chat on Twitch and uh, go search for it. And uh, now, is that just for everybody to use, or is that subs only? It's a sub only. Um, we won't get um, follower emojis until we either hit partner or we've been streaming for like two years without any infractions. There's definitely a possibility we could get some infractions. <laughs> I mean, hey, that, that emoji yeah. might be an infraction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, go follow us on Twitch and go follow the Graham Slam podcast. All right. Um, Andy, let's go ahead and move on to what we're playing. So would you like to take it away? Sure. Um, Really, the only game that I've been playing of note, because I'm not going to bother mentioning the stuff I mention every time I'm on here, you know, the Halo and all that other stuff, um, has been Pokemon Legends. Um, so I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, at that point, I'd had like an hour and 15 minutes in the game, and I loved it. Um, as of the time that we're recording this, I now have 15 hours in it. Like I said last week, um, I'm somebody who has tried a couple of different times to get back into that series. Um, I remember it fondly as a kid on my Game Boy, and usually my my cycle or pattern is I'll buy the new one, and then I'll immediately bring out my DS and go back to like uh, blue or gold or something like that, because I'm like, you know, these just don't hit the way that these older games do. So then I have a nostalgia trip for about two weeks, and then I put it away until a couple of years later where I try and get back into the series again. This time, I will honestly say it has grabbed my attention pretty damn hard. I actually have a second Switch dock in my bedroom now, so when we're going to bed, um, a lot of times I'll just bring the Switch in there, and I'll just play Pokemon until I fall asleep. they've changed so much it honestly feels it feels like the first step forward in years for pokemon like i know everybody said like no xy was that step um because they went 3d yeah but the game was still that classic formula now you have legit side quests you have just so many more things that you need to do to complete the story I'm loving it. Catching Pokemon is completely different from the way it used to be. I won't say uh, I say that back. I won't say it's completely different, but you have a lot more ways of going about it. So, in the interest of time and me not repeating everything I said last week, because everything I said last week still stands. Uh, if you're somebody who's been fatigued by some of the newer games and you still remember that franchise and want to give it another try, if you're gonna pick one, pick this one. I can't say enough nice things about it. Yes, the graphics look dated. It's Nintendo. We're going to have to deal with it. But as far as the gameplay, it's solid. So I give it so far, I would say about like a 9 out of 10. So yeah, check it out. But that's the only thing I've been playing uh, worth mentioning. That's a pretty high praise, actually. Now, is this is this game open world? So it's, it's open world kind of like how... Um, I would say The Witcher 3 is open world. Like, it's not all one 
big world, but it's several different ones just kind of sectioned off. Okay, got it. I, I highly doubt it's anywhere near the size of The Witcher 3. Oh, no, not even <laughs> close. But the cool thing is, I mean, like, different Pokemon will come out at different times. So, like, where I'm at right now, it's actually an island that has shipwrecks and things like that. So, if you go out there during the day uh, near all the shipwrecks, you'll find, like, some fire-type Pokemon, some birds, things like that. You go out there at night, and you're going to find nothing but ghost-type Pokemon. So, depending on when you are in certain areas at certain times, you will see different things. Okay, that's cool. I like that. You know, I I never have ever played a Pokemon game. I must have missed that train because I never collected Pokemon cards, never watched any shows. I literally don't know shit about Pokemon except like the obvious like uh, Squirtle, Charmander, Pikachu, those ones. For some reason, that actually doesn't surprise me. You don't strike me as a Pokemon guy. <laughs> Um, so would you say, so you said this is like probably a good jumping on point though, for people who are new to the series? I would say it's a good jumping on point for people that are new, um, and people who are looking to like revisit some of that, um, or people that are fatigued by the franchise. Like a lapsed fan. Yeah, exactly. Cause that's what I've kind of considered myself. Like I have friends at work. Um, who were playing Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, uh, this last one that came up before this. And we all got it at the same time. We talked about it for about a week and a half, and I was keeping pace with them for the most part, and then it just fell off. So they were bringing their Switches to work, and they're like, so Indy, let's let's do this, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I, just, I just wasn't interested in it anymore. But um, I'm very interested in this one still. As a matter of fact... Um, I wanted to go trade in uh, Pokemon Pearl today because I wanted to pick up Mario 3D World off of Mike's recommendation. But the only thing that stopped me is that I, like me and Jacques have talked about, we have bad ADD moments. I know if I go pick up 3D World, my attention will shift over to 3D World. And then when Elden Ring comes out, my attention will shift to that. And then I will have increased my list of games that I've started and never finished. I really want to give this game the time I need to finish it before Elden Ring comes out. And then once I beat Elden Ring, if I don't have something else coming up, then I will go get 3D World. Uh, okay, so it, I, Mike wouldn't let me hear the end of it if I didn't give you the obligatory uh, whatever. for just, Whatever, just play The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in that forsaken list of games that Indy has started and didn't finish. Yeah. Also, Alan Wake Remastered, too. Should definitely finish that. Uh, that is actually installed on my Xbox um, in the bedroom, so that will probably become my going-to-bed game once Pokemon is finished. Okay, yeah. That, that sounds great. I'll go ahead and move on to my games if you're finished with that. Yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, and we're definitely definitely going to be talking about ADD some more because I, uh, well, here's the thing. So I'm still playing Kana, Bridge of Spirits. I am on the final boss and it's taken me so long to finish this game because back in December, I started like four games at a time and that I normally mm. don't do that. I normally just play through one game at a time. 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to fully give in to the dark side and give in to my ADD and just try a bunch of games at the same time. Uh, that is not working out at all for me. It is actually really negatively affecting my, my gaming experiences. Yeah. So I think once I finish Kena, I am just going to go back to doing one game at a time. And, and that doesn't include like my normal games, like the Halo games we play and whatever else, you know, right. regular games. Um, so I'm playing Kena, almost done. This this game is kind of like um, a Soulsborne game, <laughs> a little bit, because uh, the combat can get pretty challenging, especially towards the end. Like, I was definitely getting a little frustrated with some of the bosses. Yeah, you seemed like you were getting a little frustrated. Now, it's not quite as difficult, um, and, you know, but it's still, it's kind of like Soulsborne Light, I would say, um, or Baby's First <laughs> Soulsborne. But it's fun, yeah. I pretty much talked about this game already a lot with Mike, so I don't really need to go over it too much, but I'm hoping to finish this game up, like, real soon, like, in the next few days. And then I want to move on to the medium, which is was Ash's game of the year, because it is only going to be on Game Pass until February 15th, so I don't have that much longer. Deadline is rapidly approaching. Yeah, man, yeah. I don't think it's that long of a game, so I should be able to beat it by then. Yeah, you should be fine. I'm, ju- I'm just gonna cram it. I'm just gonna grind away. I want to say Ash beat it in like a week, um, and she usually takes forever on games, so you, you should have plenty of time. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's been on my radar for a while, and I've heard a lot of mixed things. Um, I've heard a lot of horrible things about it, too, but... I really enjoyed uh, Bloober Team's previous game, which was Blair Witch, so I'm already predisposed to kind of like their style, so I, I think I'll probably like it. But, well, we'll see. And that's pretty much all I got, man. That's It's a pretty light week for both of us, I would say. Yeah. So, w- with that being said, as you like to say, I'm just going to start copying that now. You know... Since you've pointed that out, because you said, I think it was on the Game Awards podcast, like, you called me out, I was like, do I say that a lot? And I started replaying episodes in my head, I was like, motherfucker, yes I do, and uh, when I hosted uh, last week, like, I made it a point that that is never going across <laughs> my lips in that entire episode. No, don't, don't, you know, you don't have to be self-conscious, I'm just razzing you. Me and Mike razz each other all the time about stuff we say, like... Mike always says, uh, well, I don't want to say always, but he says, you know, a lot. And I say so at the end of like all of my sentences. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, it's it's the writer in me. So like I, I do do some creative writing on the side. Um, I've written a couple of D&D campaigns. So whenever I go back and I reread my work, if I use the same phrase too many times, I'm like, OK, let's rewrite this. But I never analyze how I speak. So when you said that, the writer was like, Andy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody has their transition words, though. It's not a big deal. Well, that being said, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to the inventory. So let me just bring up my uh, list here. Okay, so I just said so. See? <laughs> Number one, Rockstar confirms GTA 6 is in development. 
and this comes from Rockstar's own website. They say, with the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered, and we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. This is not a shocker. <laughs> no, I was about to ask, man, were any of us really surprised by this? Yeah, not at all. The The weird thing, though, is that how they announced it, because this was a post on their website, and it was just a community post, like, sharing, you know, about updates for GTA Five and things like that. And at the very end, like the last paragraph, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, we're working on GTA 6. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, cool, but weird way to announce it. <laughs> right. I mean, because there's been tons of rumors out there. I know we say we don't, we're trying to not talk about rumors as yeah. much on here, unless it's like a pretty much a guarantee. Like some rumors you can, uh, you can count on, like there's some uh, yeah. further on in this inventory I'll talk about. But yeah, there's rumors, you know, I've heard like it's going to take place in Miami, I think, and it's going to be like a, uh, a, I don't even know what they call these types of games, but basically like an ongoing, like a persistent world, sort of like Fortnite and things where things change around the players. Oh, gotcha. And then another thing within that post uh, was about uh, GTA V, the, uh, the long-awaited and delayed current-gen version of GTA V will launch on March 15th for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles. Oh, God. And new features will include 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, HDR, ray tracing, 3D audio, faster load times, and DualSense support. GTA, it's, it's like Skyrim now. It's fucking... I was about to say, it's Take-Two Skyrim. Yeah, it's on everything. It's, it's on toasters. It's on... <laughs> coming to a fridge near you. I mean, that might be a reality one day. So, yeah, it's it's just that it, finally this was delayed. I think it was originally supposed to come out last year, but finally, like, the proper current-gen version is going to be out March 15th. So that's cool for all you people still playing GTA Five, which is apparently a lot of people still. <laughs> uh, I know our buddy Jason, that's one of his favorite games. Along with Skyrim, so... He loves those kinds of Speaking of, of Jason actually sent me a uh, a message on um, Facebook earlier today uh, showing me his yacht, and apparently he named his yacht Boundless Gamers. I saw that. He sent me the picture, and I'm going to post it on our socials, but I was going to wait a couple days because I don't want to, like, spam too much stuff in one day, you know, so... Yeah, no, I definitely get that. So yeah, I definitely. But by actually, by the time this releases, it'll already be posted, so you you guys will have seen it. It's pretty cool. I still have a little bit more from the GTA 5. So <laughs> players will also be able to transfer both their GTA 5 story mode progress and their current GTA Online characters and progression to the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S with a one-time migration at launch. And a new standalone version of GTA Online for current-gen consoles will debut at launch and will be available for free for the first three months to PS5 players. So it's like almost like a drug dealer. They're trying to get you. The first one's free. 
They want to get you into that ecosystem, so you spend money on their shark cards. Okay. So. (laughs) Gotta add that little so in there. Number two. Rocksteady's Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, reportedly delayed until 2023. This is one of those rumors I was talking about. This report comes from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, so you can pretty much take it to the bank. Yeah, I don't think he's been wrong on any of them yet. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah one of the best video games reporters, um, which is not really saying much, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I called this. I, call, I don't remember which episode. It might have even been our Game Awards episode uh, when they showed off that last trailer for this. I was like, I would not be surprised if this gets delayed because... I think they've showed like two or three trailers by now, and every one is just mostly a CGI cutscenes and stuff. I think the last one they showed a little bit of gameplay, but that's concerning to me because I'm like, I don't think this gameplay is ready yet. And a lot of the gameplay that they did show was showing the same thing just from a different character's perspective. Right, yeah. It seems like they're hiding something. So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. And with the reports of this kind of being like a live service game, I guess? I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's supposed to be similar to Marvel's Avengers or what, but... I hope that's not the case. See, I, I trust Rocksteady. I, I, I mean, obviously, they made some of the best superhero games ever with the Arkham series. But this is not what I wanted after Arkham from, from Rocksteady. No. I I wanted, I don't know, I don't think we necessarily had to have another Batman game, but I wanted that similar type of game, like in open world action adventure kind of, you know, I don't want this, whatever this is. <laughs> um, So, because, and look, and, um, you know, Batman Arkham Knight was released in 2015, and Batman Arkham VR was released in 2016, so... It's been a long time since they've released the game, and so they've been working on this thing since, uh, yeah, probably like 2016. And if it's going to be delayed till 2023, that's like seven or eight years they've been working on this by then. I think it's just a curse of DC, man. I mean, any play, anybody or anywhere you look that has a DC license, it's, it's fucked, <laughs> to put it bluntly. They're definitely all over the place. I mean, it's they have some real high highs, but like real low lows either or two. I want to say even at this point with their comic line, though, they've even said like, hey, you know, uh, we aren't really doing canon anymore. All of our comics are canon. They just happen at different places and different points. I'm like, so y'all aren't even trying anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just just say it's the multiverse and then you can just get away with anything. Just just send the Flash in to fucking go back in time and change everything. That's basically their solution for everything. Hey, we don't like how this is going. Uh, make Flash create the new 52. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they do. They just reboot. <laughs> it's like another crisis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever, man. But I'm, I'm definitely going to play this game still, but yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. For me, it's probably going to be a Game Pass game. You think so? Eventually. <laughs> I mean, you think it'll come to Game Pass? Um, I think it may, it'll it either come to Game Pass um, at some point, or it'll come to PlayStation Plus. One or the other. 
Right. Or or Spartacus or whatever the equivalent of Game Pass Sony's working on. Or Microsoft will just buy Warner Brothers and then it'll definitely come to Game Pass. Honestly, that's more likely. In that case, yeah, then it definitely will come to Game Pass. That wouldn't be a bad purchase. Uh, no. Maybe we'll talk more about that later, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number three, Ghostwire Tokyo will launch on March 25th. Uh, they they just recently had a presentation where they showed off some gameplay, and by the way, this is a PS5 timed exclusive because Tango GameWorks is the developer behind this, which currently is under Bethesda. They're a subsidiary of Bethesda, which is owned by Microsoft. <laughs> so it's this and Deathloop are like the last two games that are technically owned by. Microsoft, but they're PlayStation exclusives for a limited time. It's weird. It's fucking, it's, it's bizarre. But anyway, so what did you think of this gameplay, Indy? I I really don't know what to think. Like the monster designs actually look really cool. Um, Aesthetically, I thought it looked really interesting, but I don't quite get it. You know, watching it and just how abrupt it showed up and how they're releasing it. Um, you guys turned me on to Sacred Symbols, um, I think it was last week, so I've been listening to them lately, and Colin brought up a good po- I don't. maybe it wasn't Colin, somebody brought up a point that they have shown nothing about it, and then it was a rumor that it was going to be coming out in March, and now it's confirmed, and we have gameplay, and I can't help but agree with what they said, that this feels like, this was just Microsoft saying, hey, this is our last obligation, we don't really give a shit about it, just get it out there, let's be done with it. Because there's, like, no hype behind it or anything. Yeah, it does feel like that. Because it's very odd that they're announcing the release date, like, a month before it comes out. I was actually really looking forward to this game, because I like Tango Gameworks. Uh, I just recently played The Evil Within, probably within the last year. And that that game is kind of, it's very heavy on the horror. It's, it's like yes. Resident Evil mixed with Silent Hill. So, I was expecting that... And when they showed this off and they're like, oh no, it's an action adventure game, an open world action adventure game. And it's just got horror elements. I was like, what? Yeah, it's not at all what we thought. It's kind of like I was just saying with Rocksteady. It's like, that's not what I want from Tango Gameworks. Now, I'm not saying that I won't enjoy this game because I still want to play it because the like you said the aesthetic looks cool the 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 gameplay looks interesting there doesn't appear to be any guns or anything like that it it seems like it's all kind of magic based it's very supernatural it, you almost look like doctor strange or something like they they have all these cool animations for the hand, your hands you're doing all these like movements and um i think they call this thing ethereal weaving yeah, I think I said last night when we were playing Halo, it gave me strong um, Constantine vibes. Yeah, Constantine too, right? Speaking of DC. But like if you throw <laughs> out, I think you're almost like an airbender too. Like you're, you're doing like fire bending and like airbending. And, and then you throw out like these uh, these like strands and you're like almost manipulating the enemies like a marionette doll or something. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, kind of like uh, Dishonored, but without any like physical weapons. Except the bow and arrow, we did see that. Which was oh yeah, we like, did see the bow and arrow, which was kind of very weird. It kind of stood out amongst all the magic and stuff. 
like you said, Dishonored, and I also kind of got vibes of Bioshock, like without weapons, just if you were using only plasmids. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 the whole open world thing kind of worries me because I'm kind of getting tired of open world games where it's just like, you know, yeah. the whole Ubisoft checklist. Go, go do this and clear that. And it, it looks like in this, you gotta, you have to clear these corrupted Tory gates. And I'm just like, okay. And and also, I, I we talked about this. Like, I wasn't impressed with the graphics. Not not that I really put an emphasis on graphics too much because I think gameplay is most important but for this game being a PS5 only game in 2022 those graphics need to look better than this like like the details on the faces and stuff was just not good I'll be very curious to see what uh, the reviews look like when this game actually starts to come out I, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna say it's probably gonna get decent reviews but I don't think it's gonna be mind-blowing or anything it'll probably get like high 70s maybe what do you think the chances are that this will be one of those titles that comes to playstation plus like as soon as it comes out uh i don't know the only thing that makes me think that might not be the case is with you know microsoft owning them now i don't know what the exclusivity window is i would assume like as soon as that's out like it's going right to game pass probably there's two reasons why I could see it going either way. One is the one that you just stated, or stated, and that's why it would not come to PlayStation Plus. The other one is we got a very shitty PlayStation Plus this month, so I would not be surprised if they did that because they plan to make it up um, in March. Oh, so you're saying like at launch it's going to come to Plus like yes. to next month? Oh, I, that would be amazing. I, I don't think so, but I would love that because that would I'd be like, shit, that's free then for me, basically. I'll definitely play it then. I also, I would say the only thing that I'm really excited about, though, is just being able to roam Tokyo. Now that I am excited for. There's not many games that I've played that you just get to roam like such a realized version of Tokyo particularly like Shibuya, um, just walking the streets and stuff at night. Because I've mentioned this before in the podcast. I like to go on YouTube sometimes and watch 4K videos of just people walking the streets of Tokyo. Like yeah. just, have you ever seen that? It's just like a first person camera, handy cam or something. They're just walking around at night. Oh, yeah. A lot of times if I've got like a, a new Xbox or a new TV those are the videos I go to just to test the resolution and balance everything out. Oh yeah, that that's yeah, that's a good way to do that. Yeah, it's but man, Tokyo is so beautiful. I I just would love to visit it someday. I think this is one of the beauties of video games. Um, I actually wish that this happened more often. That they actually recreated real places that take place in video games. Um, I remember the first time that. I played a game that I thought was going to do this. It was Telltale's Walking Dead. Um, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. So when they when I was playing, they said, we got to get to Savannah. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Because didn't that take place in Macon? Macon, Georgia? Yeah. Um, so then they got down to Savannah. It's like, hey, we got to go to River Street. I'm like, I know where that is. And they get down there and it looks nothing like my hometown. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> 
Yeah, they just probably have one of the developers like drive by with a camera for like a day. I don't even think they did that, man. I think they went to <laughs> New Orleans and it was like, hey, this is what Savannah looks like. Oh, really? Yeah, it looked nothing like it. So I was like, that that's kind of disappointing, but okay. Yeah, come to think of it, I don't know any other games that really take place in Georgia. Because it's always like, oh, L.A. or New York or something like that, you know? I know that uh, when we were waiting, or before Fallout 4 was announced and me and Ash were still dating, I think we had joked about a Fallout that was going to take place in Atlanta. Obviously, that didn't happen, but it would be interesting if that did happen one day. Yeah, for sure. I, I think so. Maybe even like some DLC or something would be cool. Yeah, because I remember when uh, Detroit Become Human came out and how excited I was to like walk in downtown Detroit in the game. I gotta say, man, they did a good job, actually, because I've literally walked those streets of, like, where all the landmarks and the monuments and stuff, and I'm like, damn, this is cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, the Renaissance Center and stuff, so yeah, that's cool. But uh, anyway, let's move on to number four. Sony rolls out Discord integration with PSN. Because last year, Sony bought an undisclo undisclosed minority stake in Discord. So they finally are like rolling out the integration. And so far, it's just uh, you can see when you're on Discord, if you link your profile um, with PSN, you can see like what games everybody's playing or other people can, your friends can see what games you're playing while they're on Discord, which is like cool. But I think people were expecting, hey, we can be able to chat. Like, in parties with, you know? Right. Which, I mean, that's gotta be rolling out. Oh, yeah. I think that's eventually coming. I think this is just the first step. But I can't wait till, like, we're able to, like, say... Because we record this podcast in Discord right now. But and sometimes, like, when me and Mike were doing it, we would just straight up record it in PS5 or PS4 parties. And just, like, record on Audacity on our computers. Right. But that would be cool, like, say, if they integrate the actual chat with the parties. Like, say, I could be in a PS5 party, you could be on Discord, and we could just be recording the podcast from there. Honestly, I would love that, because I have friends that still play on PlayStation and Xbox. Um, nowadays, most multiplayer games I play, I do play on my PC. But, like, one of the games that I really want to play that is cross-platform is Hell Let Loose. Yeah, But I still haven't figured out how we would make that party system work because you guys are on PS5 and I'm on PC, so we'd have to use in-game chat, but I hate talking to randoms because I'm an old crotchety gamer now and I got no time for squeakers. Dude, same, same. I don't know. Um, I really hope that they do expand that. I really hope this is the first step and uh, they do get some like the actual discord chat on there. Honestly, I really wish Xbox and PlayStation would just do away with their party systems and just put discord on everything. It would make things so much easier. It definitely would. Yeah. I think like you said, this is going to be a big deal for cross platform games. And, uh, I, I know Sony's been a little bit weird about cross platform in the past. Um, I mean, there's some games that are cross-platform. Like, isn't Rocket League cross-platform? Yes, Rocket League is cross-platform across all three. I mean, if they were to play nice with Microsoft and allow Discord to be on there, too, and just, that would be really amazing. 
the way things are going right now, I think that's very unlikely. <laughs> well, man, who knows, man? After like the beginning of this year, man, with with these purchases, and we'll talk about that next. Anything's possible now. It feels that like that is very true. It, 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 it we're we're kind of in this weird place in the games industry right now, where it's like it, all these companies are just kind of changing what they've been in the past they're they're becoming mm-hmm. something different like they're evolving with the times so we'll see speaking of that though we'll move on to our number five because it ties into that and that's the big news that we uh didn't get to last week because sony fucking decided to announce it the day after we recorded i know who knows what's gonna get announced tomorrow I, I know, I swear, like, tomorrow it's going to be like, uh, Microsoft buys EA or something. <laughs> if I wake up tomorrow morning and I see something like that, I'm just going to go on Facebook Live on Boundless Gamers. Like, so we recorded. Obviously, this happened after we recorded. So here's a live reaction. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to have to, like, come up with something new for our just hot takes if something like this happens. But anyway, uh, Sony Bought Bungie for $3.6 billion. I I don't think anybody expected that. Like, I mean, we knew Sony was probably going to buy somebody, but Bungie? Not only the fact that it was Bungie, I didn't expect it to happen this, or this fast, because these deals don't just pop up overnight. Like, there are talks and talks and talks. And typically, companies don't announce stuff like this unless they anticipate not having any problems with it being approved by the government or anything like that. It just makes me wonder how long Activision and, I'm sorry, Xbox and Sony have been in talks about, hey, we're going to buy up Activision, this is what we're thinking of, and just how many more things they have that they haven't told us, like deals they're trying to make. Sony could have been talking with Bungie as early as like last summer about this. And I guarantee you both companies are Microsoft and Sony are currently talking to probably multiple companies to try to acquire them. Uh, It's going to be an interesting 2022. I'll say that. Um, So there's some stuff from PlayStation blog. I'm just going to read off some bullet points and we can kind of talk about each bullet point after I read it and, Okay. We'll just go one by one. Yeah, the the or the the PlayStation blog they announced this. A lot of corporate speak from Herman Holst, uh, who's head of PlayStation Studios, and Pete Parsons, who's CEO of Bungie. You know the usual niceties and stuff like that. Like, oh, we're looking forward to working together, and we're yeah, we're just so happy, and blah blah blah. The the important things that came out of that is Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. That that surprised me. Because I'm like, why do you acquire a company just to let them keep doing what they're doing? Like, you're not going to make their stuff exclusive? Well, what do you think about that? You know, it's it, it goes back and forth. I've heard this argument. Uh, obviously, we've been hearing this argument for a few months at this point, like with the Bethesda deal, the Activision deal. It's like, why do you buy this company with the uh, intention to share it? But at the same time, it's like, why would you buy this IP that's selling really well across all platforms? You're like, you know what? I'm going to cut off half of that revenue and just on the, on the whim that it's going to force people to buy our platform. 
there's a couple different things it could be. It could be that. It could also be Sony trying to do like, hey, here's a token of good faith. Um, we're going to continue to share Destiny with you. Maybe you continue to share Call of Duty with us. Um, I don't know. I think this just kind of shows the differences in strategies between Microsoft and Sony. Because with Microsoft buying Activision, they, they also said like, yeah, we're, you know, Call of Duty, it's, it's going to remain multi-platform and all that stuff. But with Sony, they're, they're just straight out saying like, nothing's going to change really for Bungie. Like they're still going to be an independent, like all, all their games are going to be published by Bungie. Like it's not going to say PlayStation Studios on it, which is weird. I think this is, we'll get to it, but I think this this deal is basically like a kind of mutually beneficial for both of them. I agree. And we'll, we'll continue on and I'll tell you why. I'll say one more thing on it. Um, just thinking back to when, you know, Xbox One was first announced and then when Sony came up on stage and they talked about PlayStation these two companies are not shy of one-upping each other in front of gamers and media and stuff like that. Because remember when the Xbox One came out and they were saying, yeah, you know, your console's going to have to always be online. Uh, we're going to lock licenses and stuff like that. Sony immediately gets on stage and says, yeah, we're not doing any of that, so you're good. Like, they're not shy of doing that to each other. So I wouldn't be surprised if they rode the coattails of everybody panicking over Activision. Be like, don't worry. You guys are safe. You can all play. We're not like them. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, there's that famous uh, E3 where it's like after Xbox rolled out the, the d- disastrous rollout of the Xbox yeah. One in 2013. And they're, yeah, they said all the shit you just said, always online, connect, all that shit, multimedia. Then Sony came back and they're like, they did the famous video with Shuhei Yoshida and Adam Boys where they literally just handed a physical copy of a game to each other and said, this is how you share games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was reports that they actually changed their plan like that day. Like, oh, absolutely. After, after they saw what Xbox did. And it's kind of funny now because a lot of that stuff that people were so worried about and stuff both companies do that shit anyway. Now these consoles are multimedia. They're like, you know, always online shit like that. Yeah. So Bungie, uh, Nope, that's the wrong one. Bungie wants to branch out to become a global multimedia entertainment company. This is where I think is mutually beneficial for both because I think Sony is, clearly branching out into like they're making their own movies they have their own division now yeah the the uncharted movies about to come out um we won't talk about that but uh you know that's their first foray truly into that i think they're they'll it'll get better um but sony has a ton of ip to leverage for movies and tv and bungie wants a piece of that you know they probably want to make destiny like this this huge thing. They probably want to get into film and TV and stuff like that. And Sony's looking at it like, okay, well, let's help you do that because we want to do that as well. Yeah, I mean, they were saying early on, like when the first Destiny came out, I I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I remember it being a thing that they said, you know, there's not going to be like a Destiny 2 or Destiny 3. Destiny is just going to evolve and it's just going to keep going. Then, of course, I mean... 
they get bought by Activision. It's like, hey, Destiny 2, we're going to redo this. We're going to charge you for this. And yeah, I mean, what happened happened. Um, but Bungie's always been ambitious, which is why I was honestly kind of confused by this. Because if you look at Bungie's story and what they've gone through and things that they said, they broke away from Microsoft and then they celebrated their independence. <laughs> then they got in bed with Activision and then they went through hell and got out of Activision and said, we're never going to be owned by anybody again. We're going to be independent from now on because we want to do things our way. And then this whole shit with Activision happens, and then Bungie's like, hey, um, so we're going to let Sony buy us. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, just looking at the history of Bungie, if one of the conditions of them letting Sony buy them was that Bungie still does things their way and that they have to remain multi-platform. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a condition that just to kind of keep Sony from having too much control over them. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's why this deal is the way it is. And the way this deal is structured is it's it's kind of unprecedented cuz you never you never get this level of freedom as a independent company coming in and getting bought by a bigger company. So I think yeah, like you said, given Bungie's history cuz it seems like they enjoy the perks of being owned by a large corporation, but once they get in there, they're like, "Ooh, we don't like the freedom that we have to give up creatively, we're going to leave. So I think Sony is like a perfect company for them because Sony is well known for just kind of letting their developers do what they want for the most part. I mean, sure, there's like some oversight, there's, there's going to be, but creatively, they kind of just let their companies do their thing. And I mean, it's paid dividends. So I think Bungie saw that and they're like, yeah, man, I think... Uh, you know, we do like being independent, but I think there's an opportunity here with Sony, so. Yeah, it's true. You never hear any horror stories out of uh, Sony Studios. Like, you hear from EA, like, with them saying, that, hey, so um, we were doing Dragon Age, and then EA made us redo all of it, or we were doing Mass Effect, and they said we have to put multiplayer in it. I mean, as much fun as Mass Effect 3's multiplayer was, you hear that kind of thing all the time. It's like, we... This wasn't originally part of the creative process, but we were told we had to do it. So this is what you get. And uh, moving on, Sony will help fund the hiring of new talent for Bungie. Yeah, this I think uh, is a big part for Sony and why they acquired Bungie is they want the talent that currently is at Bungie. They they don't necessarily, you know, want the the name or like the other stuff. They particularly want the talent that is there right now. And I think they're just going to continue to add on to them and support them to to do what they need to do. I mean, if you don't have it, you're just buying a shell of the company. You're you're buying the name. That's it. Yeah, like, you know, like with Bioware. Like, <laughs> right. Bioware is not the same Bioware that made Mass Effect. And so it's 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 not always about the name. It's definitely the the talent that works in the studio behind the name that matters most. The story of Bioware is definitely. I think it's an old proverb. Is like you know if you buy a hammer and the head falls off, so you buy a new head, and then a couple months later the handle breaks, so you buy a new handle. Is it still the same hammer? Yeah, it's basically like a spin on the ship of Theseus, right? Yeah. Um. So one point two billion of that three point six billion will be paid out to Bungie employees over several years as incentive to stay with the company. So that just adds on to what 
were saying about like they want the talent. That's what they care about most. Because and and the reason they want that talent is because Bungie is at like the forefront of live service games. They they've been doing this with Destiny for years and years, and they know how to run a live service game. And it was reported that Sony plans to launch more than 10 live service games by 2026. I think that also speaks volumes to what we were talking about in earlier, uh, earlier about Bungie's story. I'm sure there's still people there that remember what it was like to be owned by Activision or Microsoft. And now that they're doing it again, maybe people that didn't make that decision but have to live with it are like, man, fuck this. I'm not doing this again. Right. So now Sony's like, no, 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 we're different. We're promised. Yeah, they they don't want them to get scared off. They're like, look, yeah. guys, look, guys, we're going to give you your freedom. We just, we want you to stay. And it's, that, I think that is the main, other than like the, the movies and TV and stuff, I think that's the main reason Sony wants them is because their expertise in live service games. Now, I don't like live service games. So it's going to be interesting. And this goes to what I was saying about uh, both companies kind of evolving, you know, Sony and Microsoft and kind of shifting the focus and what, what they're doing going forward. And so when you mentioned Sony and live service games in the same sentence, that, that seems weird because they're used to putting out these big single player action, third person action adventure games. But clearly, they've shown that they are trying to branch out and create more multiplayer-focused games, and you're going to see that in the coming years. I mean, we already had the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, which was free. Yeah. Um, we got Naughty Dog making a, a Last of Us Factions game, multiplayer game, which that's reported to be a live service game. So I think they're just going to keep doing that with all of their big IPs. There's going to be some kind of multiplayer live service component because that's where all the money is. And Sony needs money, <laughs> just like everybody else. And especially because, you know, them trying to keep up with Microsoft, they, they don't have as much money as Microsoft. So they need to they need to make money wherever they can, which is why they're putting their games on PC. They're they're getting more into mobile they're doubling down on vr they're just trying to really just uh diversify their portfolio yeah and honestly i mean i i love the idea of sony trying to get some games of service games out there because i mean i remember back in the xbox 360 genre you had a plethora of several different types of games and different types of multiplayer games Today, it seems like everything is a battle royale. It's all variants of the same game type. And we don't get these different games that feel radically different from one another. Like if I go play Call of Duty and then I go jump into Halo, it still feels very, very similar to the same game. Just some of the mechanics have changed. Whereas back on those 360 days, I mean, I remember I had Trials. I mean, hell, we had, uh, there was a box that had Trials um, and a few other multiplayer games. None of those multiplayer games played similar to each other. And every time a new game came out, it could be a completely new idea and a new way to play together. Nowadays, it seems like every other quarter, it's like, hey, there's a new Battle Royale game that's taking the world by storm. I'm like, okay, it'll be dead in a couple months. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I, I would like to see Sony branch out in the types of games they make. Because, like I said, it seems like it's just all third-person action adventure, open-world games. 
you know, I love those games. Don't get me wrong. Those are some of my favorite games. But yeah, I do kind of miss the Sony of old too, or we just had more variety. So I, I hope they bring that back a little bit. You know, maybe if they have to go you know, games as a service or live service, I'm fine with that, I guess, as long as we get some more variety. Yeah. But I really think this is just to really just expand upon their current IPs that they already have, their big ones. I don't think they're going to just be making like a lot of new IP. I think, like I said, I think this is going to be Last of Us multiplayer, Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, Horizon multiplayer, you know, things like that. And, you know, we will get new IPs, I'm sure. But yeah, I think um, they're going to use Bungie, which, you know, like I said, they're hiring a bunch of new talent. I, I didn't check how many people work at Bungie, but I'm sure it's quite a lot and it's it's going to grow. And oh, absolutely. We all know that Sony's first party studios often work together and kind of share knowledge and things like that. So I guarantee you they're going to have a lot of the part of Bungie kind of go off and help some of these other studios with their live service games. And it's also, I mean, other than that, just like, it's another revenue source. I mean, Destiny makes a lot of money, I'm sure. I didn't check like the statistics on that, but it's still pretty popular and that's just another revenue source. Um I'm wondering how that's going to affect their up Sony's upcoming Spartacus platform, which was like, you know, rumored to to be like their answer to Game Pass. Who knows when we'll hear more about that, but you know, because everyone's wondering, will they be able to match Microsoft and put their first-party exclusives day one on there? And it, it seems unlikely, but the more I'm thinking about it, all these different avenues that they're branching out into to make money, it, it's possible that could make up the cost, so they may be able to do that. Or maybe it's like a short window. Maybe after two months of being out, or three months, they can put them on the service. Yeah, something like uh, EA Play. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's reasonable. I've been giving Spartacus a lot of thought. Cause, I mean, like, it it doesn't make sense when I think of how Sony has done things in the past to try and recreate Game Pass. I think what they're going to do is try and... Obviously, it'll have Game Pass elements to it, but they're going to try and do something different. Like, it'll have different elements... And that has kind of led me down the thought of what's something that Sony has that Microsoft doesn't. And that is their film studio. Like they've made, they've been making movies for a while. So what if with Spartacus, I mean, you may not get your first party titles right away, but what if it's not just gaming? What if it's also their movies? So you have Spartacus, you get access to, um, I think they made Ghostbusters. They've made the Spider-Man movies. You know, they have the Uncharted movie coming out. They made the last Resident Evil what if they start offering more than just games with Spartacus? I mean, it also strikes me as unlikely because uh, Sony also strikes me as kind of stingy when it comes to offering those types of things with games of service, or not games of service, but as subscriptions. But if they are looking to radically change things and really step up the Game Pass and be like, you're not the biggest dick on campus, that could be something they could do. You could be right. I think like after Microsoft announced that they bought Activision, Sony's probably rethinking a lot of the shit they had planned. And they probably, they may have known about that beforehand because people within the industry talk like, you know, that's, but yeah, you could be right. Like, and it could be something where 
maybe after the movie's been out in theaters for, I don't know, 30 days, maybe they throw it up on the service for subscribers, you know? Yeah, like an early access. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or maybe it's like discounted or just, I'm sure they're looking at like every possible avenue. Because yeah. they, they've got to do different things. They got to leverage their advantages that they have over Microsoft. And that's definitely one of them. That's a good point. So one more thing, though, Bungie is working on a new IP, and it's a multiplayer action game codenamed Matter, and it's set to launch in 2025. And according to Bungie and Sony, that's not going to be exclusive, because they said even future games are not going to be exclusive. I I wonder if that changes, (laughs) like I said with Microsoft, too, and Call of Duty, I, I could see that changing depending on what, what, what each company does. You know, this is like a chess game going on right now. I'm going to call it right now, February 6th, that this new action shooter is going to be a sci-fi shooter, and it has enemies that are similar to, like, the grunts in Halo. Then you're going to have, like, these elite-style villains, and then you're <laughs> going to have something that looks like a ghost, but it's not a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bungie definitely has a style. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be anything like earth shattering, like, oh my God, this is totally different than Destiny or Halo. I mean, and I'm partially joking. I would love to see them do something kind of a, a little outside their wheelhouse. Like, I mean, I love sci fi shooters and new IPs like that, but I don't want to see another Halo clone from them. That's, that's the only thing I don't want to see. I, I'm at least glad that they're not doing Destiny 3. Like, they're making a new IP. Because new IP is, that's always a good thing. I think they pretty much, for now, have squeezed as much as they can out of Destiny. Like, they'll keep Destiny 2 going for a while, you know. But, yeah, make something new. But, that yeah, that's pretty much it on this. Did you have, like, any closing thoughts about this? It's obviously still developing, so we're just going to have to kind of wait and see. Um... I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we come up with so many theories on stuff like this, and then the next day, all of our theories are instantly shot down, because I know last week, me and Mike were talking about stuff like this, like, what can Sony do? And we came up with all of these different things they could do to answer the Activision thing, like, you know, partnering with Amazon, doubling down their own stuff, and then it's like, oh, we bought Bungie. I'm like, oh, well, they're, never mind. That's that's what they're doing. <laughs> Andy, you know what we should start doing is, since we record on Sunday night, like I said, you know, and big news usually drops on Monday, we'll just, like, record a bunch of canned lines where we're like, holy shit, can you believe Microsoft bought EA? (laughs) And then we'll just insert them in as needed. Like, yeah, I think that'll work out. Another way we could do it is like, this is going to be this week's predictions for the news, and we'll just keep a scoreboard (laughs) of how many we get right, and at the end of the year, we'll just have a winner. There you go. (laughs) I like that. Just just go ahead and give me like a holy shit, and Sony bought whoever. We'll just get uh, Mike to type up something and then have like a a robot just say the voice line over. It's like, (laughs) you'll hear us going, oh my god, Sony just bought Microsoft. (laughs) <laughs> Sony bought Microsoft. Dude, if that happens, that means the world is ending, like, right now. <laughs> like, you should probably find shelter. <laughs> right? Nothing makes sense anymore. All right, well, yeah, that's, that's I, I would like to say that's enough talk about um, consolidation. <laughs> and, but, uh, 
It's not because our topic is exactly about consolidation because I came up with this idea to do a consolidation draft. So just for fun, because I I wanted to try to put a little spin on this because everyone and their mother is talking about all these purchases. So I wanted to do something a little different. So I'm calling this the 2022 consolidation draft. And what we're going to do is, so I'm going to take on the role of Sony and Indy is going to take on the role of Microsoft. And I have a list here of, I didn't count how many games, but it's a lot. It's probably like, I don't know, 40, 30 or 40. (laughs) And uh, we're basically just going to do this like a sports style draft where we're each going to pick five studios, either publishers or developers. They're all included. And we're going to do it as if we are Microsoft and Sony. So... We're we're doing it from their perspective. Like it's not Indian Jacques' perspective. We're thinking about what would these companies actually do? What would be good for their brand? Mm-hmm. So we already flipped a coin and I go first and I'm going to look I don't have a timer. I'm not gonna do the timer because I'm like that would be too much. I'm just I'm trying to host two. I can't do five different things at once. I do have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no uh there, we're not going to worry about cost, so I'm throwing that out that out the window because like that would be unfair to me. Like Sony can't keep up with Microsoft as far as that, so we're just going to throw that that out the window. So we're not worrying about cost. So I uh, yeah, we'll just each pick five, and uh, I'll go first. So let me bring up my notes here. I will say when I was putting my list together, I it very much so felt like a mental chess match. Like, I feel like Jacques going to go here. <laughs> so I'll do this. And then I know he loves this developer. So I'm going to go here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking about that too. I'm like, I know Indy's <laughs> going to pick this one, so I'm not going to do that. And, or I'm going to cut him off at the pass. We're getting ruthless here. Just like these companies. So for the first selection in the 2022 consolidation draft is, Square Enix. Ooh. I don't know. Do they play music at these sports drafts? <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched a draft, to be honest. I just know how they work. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely watched drafts, but like, I kind of don't watch sports anymore, so I, I don't know. So Square Enix, and I forgot to mention, we are going to just like briefly explain why we think they would be a good fit for our brand. Okay, so Square Enix is my first pick. You might be surprised that I didn't go for like EA or Take-Two or whatever. But I figured like Sony, they that's too big for them. That's, I mean, sure, there's no cost here. We're not worrying about that. But I just think that's too big. Like they don't need that. They already have the EA Sports games on their platform and... You know they they already have Grand Theft Auto. They they don't they don't really need to buy them. So I I pick Square Enix because they have a history with Sony with Final Fantasy being on their platform, and I I know Sony likes with dealing with developers and publishers they've already worked with for a long time. So this this seems to be a good fit, and given how we were just talking about how they're trying to get into live service more, look no further than Final Fantasy fourteen. That game is a fucking monster. <laughs> it's still going. I don't understand it, but it's fucking people love it. Yeah, that's that's the main reason, honestly. And then 
add on top of that that they have other developers under Square Enix like uh, Eidos Montreal, who just released Guardians of the Galaxy this year, which was a phenomenal game. They have they've done the Deus Ex uh, franchise, which I love. You've got um, Crystal Dynamics, which is a great developer. They're, they're actually currently working with Microsoft, which would be funny. That that's I'm poaching them from you, Indy. <laughs> I'm taking them off Perfect Dark. They're get, they're getting on whatever we're get, having them work on. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, that's that's uh that's my pick. So what what is your first pick, Indy? You know what's funny? I actually eyed Square, but I know we were doing this in the spirit of does this make sense? And for me, it it always makes sense for um Square to go to Sony. So I actually took that off my board. Okay. However, what does make sense, and this was my alternate or I had a I had my initial and I had my alternate. Um I'm gonna go with take two. Oh. My alternate was EA. And they're all of my picks fit a very specific role or they have specific assets that I wanted. So with take two or EA, because EA was my alternate, if you pick take two, um, I needed a money machine. Like those developers just print money. EA has FIFA and Ultimate Team. Um, take two has Grand Theft Auto. So these games that just come out year over year. And people just buy them because they're just there. Now, Take Two doesn't have games that come out year over year. They take time on their games, and that's fine. But when they release a game, it is always in the top for God knows how long until the next sequel comes out. I mean, GTA has been out since the 360, and I don't think it's ever left the top 10 selling chart. So, Take Two and all that that entails is going to be my money machine studio. So, that's why it was my number one. No, that's that's a great pick because I was thinking about all those same things that you were. Now I know we're not taking into consideration in this draft the um, the U.S. government and uh, courts and the uh, what is it the FTC and all that because yeah I'm pretty sure the FTC would have something to say about that. One. You might have a problem <laughs> with with that because uh, I believe Take Two's probably like in the top 10 uh, publishers, developers for uh, the market cap along with uh, Activision. I think the FTC is actually investigating or, or they're... Yes. The Activision purchase from Microsoft. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm going to be really curious to see. I don't know like how soon they come to a decision or whatever. I'm not in the know about that. As somebody who works for a company that just went through that with the T-Mobile and Sprint merger, I can tell you it's always changing. Um, they may force Activision to like keep Call of Duty on all platforms. They may force um, Activision to sell off some of their studios, so it's not that big of an acquisition. Um, there's so many different things they could do. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Really? I didn't know they could do that. Oh, yeah. When um, T-Mobile bought Sprint... Um, they made us get rid of Boost. So we had to sell off Boost to DirecTV so we wouldn't monopolize another prepaid carrier. That's interesting. Wow, yeah, this, man, dude. <laughs> this year, boy, boy, oh boy. I mean, not, not even taking into account all the amazing video game releases, but yeah, just all this like ongoing saga with the man, oh man. Okay, so for my second pick, I am going to select Capcom. 
So just like with Square Enix, I, I really think that Sony needs to regain some foothold in Japan because that's their roots. And I think with like, you know, Nintendo just absolutely destroying everybody <laughs> over there. <laughs> and I think Microsoft is trying to get a little more of a foothold in Japan. I think that Sony has to fucking cut that off. They have to get ahead of that, in my opinion, and be like, look, no, 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 no. We know Nintendo's number one, but we have to be number two and we have to be keep it that way. And I think Capcom is a, they are just on fire lately with yeah monster hunter and resident evil those two alone like my god that that you're getting Even devil t- may cry 5 did really well yeah there you go devil may cry i mean you're getting tons of revenue from those and not to mention i have this idea too now so you know that sony they bought evo right yeah do you see where i'm going with this and they 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 also have yeah. been in business with marvel I'm not going to lie, at at the last Evo event, I don't remember if they've had an Evo since then because of COVID. Um, I remember at work, we were talking about this because me and an old coworker of mine were huge fighting game guys. We fully expected like Sony to announce um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 remastered and it being a PlayStation exclusive. That's exactly what I want to do. And I want to make new Marvel vs. Capcoms too. I think they would just dominate the fighting game. That right there, that needs to happen. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my reasoning for that. It is so funny that you went that way because Capcom was one of my alternates um, for those exact reasons. But it was um, Capcom was going to be a counter pick depending on what you picked later. So now I know that counter pick is off the board. So I'm curious if my strategy is going to unfold a little bit, but we'll see. Well, I think I know what your second pick is going to be, but why don't you go ahead and tell us? Actually, go ahead and guess if uh, what you think my number two pick would be. I'm curious. Well, I'm thinking it's going to be EA, because you said that if I didn't pick those, you were. So, actually, um, I was only going to take one of those. You don't want that FTC on your back? <laughs> yeah, I don't want the FTC on my ass. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but I am going to scoop up Remedy. Oh, you mother... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like I said, I needed particular assets, and I needed um, people to fill key roles. Um, Remedy is going to fill my storyteller um, studio, and I was actually fully prepared for you to pick Kojima Productions or something like that, and Remedy was going to be my counter for Kojima because they're the only ones that could probably match him on a weirdness scale. I mean, nobody can match Kojima, but if anybody's going to get close, it's going to be Remedy. So Remedy's going to fill the role of storytellers, plus I need that Alan Wake series to be an exclusive going forward. Right, and Remedy already has a history with Microsoft too. I thought Microsoft was dumb that they didn't acquire them already. I mean, who says they haven't tried? Yeah, maybe Remedy likes being independent because they seem to work with a lot of different publishers. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're working with 505 and Epic currently. Yeah, no, that's that's a good choice, man. I unexpected this this soon, but good choice. So it's uh, for my third pick. Um, it's so funny that you mentioned it. 
but I'm going to take Kojima Productions. <laughs> <laughs> so I read you right on that one. Yeah, man, you called it. You called it. And the reason being is because Sony's got to lock that shit down, man. Do it already. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially with the rumors of Kojima making a game with Microsoft. Um, yeah, you don't don't let them flirt with that. Death Stranding sold pretty well. I checked the numbers before we recorded, and so far it sold like over 5 million copies. So that's, Yeah, it's done really well. Yeah, and I, I love Death Stranding, and I think uh, it's possible that a sequel is in the works. I, if, you, if you're to believe Norman Reedus, I, I don't know how much he knows about video games. And uh, yeah, no, it just, I mean, it pretty much speaks for itself. Like, nobody's making games like Kojima. No. You're going to corner that weirdness market. Yeah, I mean, Kojima's kind of like a gaming treasure to hardcore gamers. Like, people just want him to do well. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a number of people bought Death Stranding just to support his first, um, like, debut as an independent developer. So, what's your uh, what's your third pick? My number three, we're going to buy up uh, Kojima's Legacy, and I'm going after Konami. Well, I'm just going to say right now that you have ruined my plans because that was my fourth pick because I was going to bring back oh, Metal Gear Solid. Man, I read you so well. <laughs> no more Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yep. And the whole reason I'm buying Konami, I know they don't really care about making games. So this was more of an IP um, shopping list. I wanted Metal Gear. I wanted Castlevania and I wanted Silent Hill. And my first act, and using those IPs, because I, I don't care if Konami wants to make it or not, I'm taking Silent Hill and I'm putting it in Remedy's lap and be like, go, do your thing. Ooh, hmm. That is intriguing. I mean, Konami might not be, like, the smartest company to take this high, but, like you said, they have those three huge IPs. I was going to take them. I was going to do it for the culture, man. I was just like, look, we got to get these IPs back. We got to start making games. So I think you're on the same page as me. And I think, yeah, the uh, Silent Hill from Remedy, man, that just sounds. That was my thing. It's like, if I can buy these studios and I can get these IPs and I start thinking about who I have in-house already, um, giving Metal Gear to one of Microsoft's already in-house. I don't even know who I would give it to, but I could easily give uh, Castlevania to Tango and see what they do with it. I would just kind of shell out these IPs to different in-house studios. That That's a smart idea. That's exactly what I would do. I would actually think about giving Silent Hill to Tango because they seem more in line with that. Although... Remedy, like, Alan Wake 2 is going to be their first truly survival horror game. So I'm curious when Alan Wake 2 comes out what that looks like. That might give you a better idea of what a Silent Hill might look like from them. And the only reason I went with Remedy over Tango for Silent Hill is because for me, Silent Hill has always struck me more as a psychological horror. I mean, there's obviously this hardcore horror like um, Evil Within and everything. But to get that psychological horror aspect, I feel like Remedy would do a better job with it as opposed to Tango. Because Tango strikes me more as like, you know, monster horror, Resident Evil, things like that. But for that, you don't really know what's going on. I think Remedy could handle that a little better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're definitely not wrong. I think they would write a better story, no doubt. So for my 
fourth pick. It's not going to be Konami now. <laughs> uh, I, I am going to pick uh, Devolver Digital, actually. Yeah, because, and my reasoning is, so, you know, Devolver Digital is probably, like, the best thing going in indie games right now. And I don't know what it is, man, but they just, they have an eye for indie games. And they just kind of pick, like, just hit after hit after hit, all these interesting indie games. And I'm like, okay, so lately, Sony's been criticized for not paying enough attention to indies. And... I think with the the Spartacus service coming, they could totally just like change that and use Devolver. I, I would almost treat it like they're treating Bungie. Just let Devolver do their thing. Don't fuck with them. Just be like, go out there. You're our scout. You're going to scout all the indies for us. And we're throwing that up to fill out our Spartacus service. And then uh, Inscription makes its console debut on PlayStation Plus. There you go, man. There you go. You want to work for me? I'll give you a job at Devolver. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, especially if they can't put those first-party exclusives on there right away, that's definitely, they're going to need a lot of these these high-quality indies. But yeah, um, so what is your fourth selection? So this is one that I actually thought that Microsoft might do, uh, just to kind of give them more presence in Japan. Um, I'm going to buy Sega. And um, I'm not going to lie, part of it was for two IPs. Um, they hold the license to all Alien games. Um, That's right. And Sonic. But they also have uh, Crazy Taxi, uh, Jet Set Radio, and they have Bayonetta. This was also kind of another IP snag. Yeah. Because um, I would easily take Alien... And have id Software start working on a first-person shooter. Like, give me the Colonial Marines I was promised. Just go. I like your matching of IP to developers. And then all this shit you're saying would go a long way to kind of catching Microsoft up to those, like, single-player AAA games that Sony puts out. Can, uh, can, as Sony, can we just buy the Sonic IP from you so we can make the Sonic movies? I don't know. I'm going to sell it to Nintendo. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> they would love that because they could make another one of those. What was it like Sonic and uh, Mario at the Olympics or whatever the hell that was? And uh, in my next Sonic movie, I'll have... Uh, uh, fuck, I don't know. I'll have Dave Bautista play Sonic because <laughs> Chris Pratt playing Mario makes just as much sense. I, yeah, why not, man? Why not? <laughs> just fucking go crazy. And I'll tell everybody it's going to be the best voice acting you've ever heard. But yeah, that's my number four pick. All right, so we're coming down to our last picks here. And um, you've already taken Remedy, because that was going to be my next one as well. So I'll just move down the list. And I'm going to go ahead and pick Hazelight Studios, uh, who did It Takes Two, uh, me and Mike's Game of the Year. And the reason is because, like I was saying, with Sony getting more into the movie space, uh, I mean, it takes two is like watching a Pixar movie or something or Toy Story or yeah. And, and, uh, and Joseph Forrest has a background in film, like before he became a game developer. Oh, I didn't know that. And on top of that, there was a story that came out that they are planning on making an it takes two, uh, film and TV show. So they're doing shit with this IP outside of video games. So I'm like, oh, that makes me really happy. Yeah, for sure. Me too. 
so like with all that being said, this is this seems like a perfect match for Sony. It's got that game of the year sheen on it too. Like it's it's in the limelight and and they plus I mean that's not the only game. Like Haze Lights made other quality games too. All their games are kind of like have a movie quality, like a cinematic quality to it. So yeah, I just I just think this is a good fit for Sony. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um so do you want to go ahead and tell me your final pick? Um my final pick um, is what's going to keep me in the fighting game community. I know what it's going to be. I'm buying Warner Brothers. I knew it. Because <laughs> I just feel like Mortal Kombat, if any first party is going to own them, the Xbox makes the most sense. Plus, all that DC license, yeah, I'll take it all. Yeah, because like Microsoft hasn't really been getting in on any of this Marvel action. This is almost like a survival purchase with, you know, me purchasing Capcom and bringing back Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been counterpunch after counterpunch. So it's like if if Sony's going to have Marvel, then fuck it, we'll be DC and you're going to have Street Fighter. I'll have Mortal Kombat. So it very much so is like, all right, where do you want to go? Because I've got Konami. He's got Capcom. <laughs> he's got Kojima. I got Remedy. Which one you want? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because we're we're like uh, just like you said before this. It's almost like we're thinking about the opponent's move ahead of time and making chess moves. But yeah, we we might be able to resurrect the the fighting game genre with some of these purchases and things we have planned. And then with like Warner Brothers, not only do you have like Mortal Kombat, and but you're also getting um, uh, what's uh, the Lord of the Rings? What's those games? Uh, Shadow of War and oh, that's right. Those were done by Warner Brothers. They, oh, the Harry Potter. Harry fucking Potter. Oh, yeah. They got that new game coming out that's, like, really anticipated. I'll keep that uh, multi-platform. You can have some of that. Oh, really? That's so nice of you. <laughs> and, you know, I can I can let you have the next Arkham game if uh, you start putting Spider-Man on my platform. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. I'll have my people talk to your people. <laughs> okay, I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> we'll have the lawyers work it out. Well, see, the thing is, though, like, uh, you know, Sony doesn't own Marvel, so they still have to run everything through Marvel. Right. But they do have the rights to the Spider-Man. Yeah, you would actually just straight up own the Warner Brothers, the gaming division of Warner Brothers. So I don't know how that works out, but you might have more control over that. The FTC is going to come after both of us. <laughs> You're like, you know what? We're merging. Fuck you. <laughs> I was like, no, just, just stop. <laughs> stop it right now. <laughs> Then we have plans to take over the world. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We're just going to combine forces. We're going to buy the FTC. Fuck you. We're merging Sony and Microsoft and we're buying Nintendo. <laughs> and then we're going to come for Valve. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm picturing is like, just maybe it's because we watched Austin Powers the other night, but that scene where he's like, we just had a breakthrough in group. I liquidated the group, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen those movies in a long time, man. I need to watch those. Phil Spencer just becomes Dr. Evil, loses all of his hair, just owns everything. <laughs> then, you know what? Then we'll just buy Amazon, and we'll get Jeff Bezos to play Dr. Evil. We'll just give him the cosplay. He's the face of our company. Right, <laughs> goes into space for 30 years, comes back. All right, people, what's changed? <laughs> <laughs> 
I will ransom you for one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun topic, actually. That was. I actually really enjoyed that. Uh, I think uh, we should try to do more creative topics like this. Absolutely. I mean, we've been doing a lot of news as our main topics lately, so maybe it's time to get back to some of the goofy stuff. Yeah, I agree, man. I fully agree. Tell, what, Mike, are you listening? Start putting on your thinking cap. I know I know it's hard for you, but try to try to get creative, Mike. Think of something. Once you finish editing, just just sit there and look at your screen for a minute and just come up with an idea. And then we'll immediately shoot it down and tell you to do it again. <laughs> we'll tell you you're stupid and your idea's dumb. <laughs> Yeah, Mike has no time to think about anything because he's just no, spending he all week man. editing. <laughs> he shocked the hell out of me when he did the Game Awards and it was like fucking Wednesday or no, Tuesday or something like this. All right, it's up. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, man. He was slaving on that. We just have him like handcuffed to his computer. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like, uh, Mike, you can't eat unless you finish this editing. You will have nothing but this oatmeal for the next three days. That's all we feed you is your fucking protein blast oatmeal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. It was actually good. I believe you believe that, but I'm not <laughs> going to try it. I believe you believe that. I just can't bring myself to try that. I understand. I too once thought as you do. <laughs> Speaking of editing, though, we better move on to our surprise mechanics so we can uh, end this thing on time. For those of you who are new and don't know what surprise mechanics are, or for those of you who, like, hit your head and you fucking lost your memory, surprise mechanics is where we each bring something to the table, and it could be one of many things. It could be a story, it could be a game we've created... Uh, we, we could announce that, like, we're having a baby. I mean, it could be literally anything. So, with that being said, see how I brought it back? <laughs> I like it. Indy, what is your surprise mechanic? So, mine is a very basic question. Um, in the spirit of the Xbox Activision acquisition, there's obviously a lot of dormant IPs that Act Activision has not done anything with. So my question to you, and I'll answer this question as well, and it doesn't have to be just Activision, what is a dormant IP or an IP that you have not seen anything from in quite a while that you really want a sequel or a remake to? I mean, immediately what jumps out to me is Silent Hill. Mm. I know we've talked about that a lot before. Um, I know Ash would be over the moon about that. Uh, and I think they, they are like bringing it back. I mean, it's not confirmed. I don't think, uh, but, or maybe it is. I think Bloober team who did, uh, the medium might be working on something. I mean, how they teased us enough at the game awards about it. Oh, don't even get me started on that, man. Yeah. And that, that <laughs> brings me to like, I think Kojima is maybe working on a silent hill game. I don't know, man. Cause there was rumors that like a, a pr it was specifically a prominent Japanese developer is rumored to be working on a second Silent Hill IP. And, I mean, as much as Kojima and Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro were flirting with that at the Game Awards and, you know, the, the, the 
Silent Hills that we never got from the PT demo. That I, th- I think that's that could be it. But I feel like that's a cheap answer. I feel like I got to give you a better answer than that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I anticipated that being your answer. Because <laughs> it's hard to think on the spot, you know? It is. Um, if you want, I'll give you mine. It'll give you more time to think of yours. Yeah, go ahead. Do that. So, I mean, for me, we've been playing a lot of Halo. Um, I don't think anybody in our group is ready to go to, back to Call of Duty. I know there's going to come a point where we're all going to get tired of Halo, but we're not necessarily going to want to stop playing with each other because we've kind of revived that um, camaraderie that we used to have back when we were playing Battlefront 2 and everything, getting the group on and everything. So it just it's I've been thinking lately, like, what's another shooter that I would want to be around just, you know, just to hang out with the guys and everything. And I keep coming back to Titanfall 3. I really want that sequel. I don't want Apex to be the last I ever see from that world. That's a good pick, man, because, yeah, I, I, yeah you're right. Like, with them being so, ra- Respawn being so wrapped up in, like, Star Wars and stuff, and Apex, like, who knows if we'll ever get another Titanfall. Yeah, every time I hear Respawn's working on something else, I'm like, that's, I mean, that's cool. You guys did great with Jedi Fallen Order, but what about Titanfall? <laughs> I I just played, like, Titanfall 2 probably, like, a year or so ago for the first, I never played the first one, but I played the second one because everyone was saying, like, dude, this is one of the best shooter campaigns ever. It is. And I think, um... I want to say, like, Mike might have bought it for me. He might have, like, <laughs> gifted it to me on Xbox. And I played it, and I was like, holy shit, this actually is, like, really good. And, like, sp- specifically that, you know, that one part where you, like, shift between dimensions? Yes, that was so cool. Yeah, man, just imagine that mechanic on a, a current-gen system, like, with how fast shit loads in. They could do so much more with it. By, by the way, um, I did think of one. Okay. I would actually bring back Spec Ops The Line. Oh, that would be awesome. Did you ever play that? I did put some time into it. I didn't beat it, though. Oh, dude. Because I checked it out from GameStop when I worked there, and they did have a limit on how long you could have games checked out, so I had to take it back. But I had it long enough to make some questionable decisions, and I have wanted a game like that since. Like I said, when we were talking about hypothetical uh, Star Wars games, I said I want a Republic Commando game that's like Spec Ops, where you have to make these hard decisions and things like that. So, absolutely, I'm 100% behind that pick. I'm looking up the developer for that. It's a German developer called Jaeger. And I don't know if they're still around, but I think they might be. Yeah, it says as of January of 2020, they the company employs 110 people. Hmm. Uh, uh-oh. The company received an investment from Tencent in February of 2020, giving Tencent no. a minority ownership. Fuck! Why? Wow. Oh, I didn't know that Jaeger makes that game Dreadnought. Have you heard of that? No. It's like a space game. You like fly these giant ships around in space. Oh, nice. But yeah, I I would almost want them to make a new one just because they did such a phenomenal job on Spec Ops The Line. And like no, no, like legit indie. This is the best like military shooter campaign I've ever played. 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, and especially like you got to finish it, man, because it's it's so deep. Like it really, it's not like your average like shoot 'em up. It's like it's got such a fucking deep story. Not just for a military shooter, just period. Like you could see this being like a Sony first party quality story. Like they play with so much stuff like uh, PTSD and hallucinations mm-hmm. and things like that, and like moral quandaries. And yeah, I, I would for sure bring that back. Yeah, it gave me when I was playing it. It gave me very, very strong uh, Band of Brothers and uh, Generation Kill vibes. And the music too, man. The music in that game, holy shit! Like I still like. I discovered some songs from that that I still listen to, and then they have other classic songs that I'm like, wow. Like like there was a Jimi Hendrix song in there that I'd never heard before that plays during the credits, and uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like. Something about a merman. Yeah, but it's it's uh let me look let me look this up real quick because that's gonna bother me. Okay, yes, uh nineteen eighty-three, a merman I should turn to be. I know that's a weird fucking title, but it's Jimi Hendrix. I was gonna say it's Jimi Hendrix. But dude, I love Jimi Hendrix and the fucking guitar in this and oh it's just perfect. So anyway, uh we will move on to my surprise mechanic. Now, I, I tailor-made this for you, Indy. I don't know if I should be flattered or worried. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to love this, because I'm kind of bringing back something I've done before with Mike, but I'm changing it up. Okay. So, I, I don't know if you remember where I did that thing where I took, like, a random list generator, and we came up with, like, games and married them to developers and genres. I do. Okay, and we just came up with a fucking crazy nonsense games. Like, yes. I think one was like a Metroidvania racing game or some shit. I don't know. So this one is the same thing. It's a random list generator, but it's going to be coming up with uh, Soulsborn boss names. So just so I'm clear on everything, it's going to randomly generate a name, and then we have to describe what this boss is, correct? I mean, we can do that, sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I basically, I didn't go online and find one. I I literally just came, like an hour before we came on here to record, I just started coming up with all, like, words and shit related to Soulsborne games, and just, some of these might turn out to be stupid, but some of them might be awesome. Okay, I will uh, randomize the first one. So the way I'm doing it is I have three separate lists, and I have 11 words on each list, and uh, I'm just going to like... So it'll be like three parts. The first Soulsborne boss name is Chaos Sin Seer. Chaos Sin Seer. Yeah, Chaos Sin Seer. So, seer, as in, like, it sees things? Yes, yes. I know it almost sounds like sincere. (laughs) That's exactly what it sounded like. I was like, um, I'm almost certain I'm not hearing that right. That's kind of a cool name, actually. Actually, it really is. Okay, did you play any of uh, Sekiro? I have not played it, but I have watched an entire playthrough. So you're familiar with how in Sekiro, if you take that extra life and you die too many times, you start poisoning NPCs, correct? Yeah, correct. So Chaos Sincere is from Sekiro Shadows Day Twice 2. He is towards the end of the campaign, 
And the sins that he sees is based off of how many NPCs you've hurt based off of how many times you've regenerated and taken life from other NPCs. And what he does is he sees every NPC who's gone through the most trouble that you have dealt and he will phase in and out regularly but he'll put in like phantoms of those NPCs and you have to fight those phantoms while simultaneously trying not to get hit by uh chaos. Dude, that's actually fucking cool. That's that was, you just thought of that on the spot. That's not bad. Like I said, I do some creative writing, so this is kind of an exercise for me right now. <laughs> um only way to beat chaos is you have to avoid the NPCs, and it's not apparent that you're not supposed to fight them. You just have to avoid them, because every time you strike an NPC, chaos stays invisible. But as long as you don't attack an NPC for a certain amount of time, he starts to warp back into reality, and then you can do some damage. That sounds totally like a fucking Soulsborne boss. And obviously, like you said, this is for Sekiro, but we're we're including all FromSoft games. I should probably just say FromSoft games. I'm just thinking, like, based off of that, it's like, where would this fit the most? And the idea came up with in that morality system, that's where I would put that. Okay, so I'll go on to the next one. The next one is Black Fire Father. So clearly he's going to have, like, Black Fire as his main b- ability. Like, he's probably surrounded by Black Fire. Like, he's just totally, almost like ghost rider but his whole body's like on fire with this black fire and do you think he should be like a um like a priest like a father yeah i was actually thinking like a priest of the healing church in bloodborne uh maybe he's just gotten corrupted oh okay okay i like that let's see black fire i'm trying to think if there was a mechanic in okay okay so in bloodborne you have fire paper of which you can light your weapons on fire um, once you beat him, you do get his weapon, and he is a wielder of the black flame. So instead of having traditional fire paper, his weapon illuminates with a black fire, almost like the dark saber from the Mandalorian. And we'll just say, like, anytime he lands a blow, instead of it setting you on fire, it actually does curse damage, and eventually you can frenzy. Um, if you get hit too many times, which if you've played Bloodborne. For those that have, you know, if you get frenzied, you lose a huge chunk of your health if that meter fills up. Now I kind of want to make a Soulsborne game. <laughs> I wish I was on the creative team, like where I just come up <laughs> with like the bosses and stuff. Oh, oh that would be a blast because I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like I was very tired when we first started off, but now my creative juices are floating or like flowing I'm like, I see some D&D bosses in this stuff. I need to write this shit down. <laughs> now you're not going to be able to go to sleep. You're just going to be laying in bed thinking of like Dark Souls bosses. That's probably exactly <laughs> what's going to end up happening. Thankfully, though, I close tomorrow so I can sleep in a little bit tomorrow morning. Uh, and, and speaking of like Soulsborns, um, I mean, by the time this airs, it'll have already happened. But I'll be playing Bloodborne on stream on our Twitch Monday. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, which would be this past Monday when you're listening to this. So by this time when you're listening, I'm probably like rehabbing my anus with like a healing salve because <laughs> I got raped by the bosses. <laughs> that cleric beast is going to have its way with you. 
So, so definitely go back and watch the VOD of me getting my ass handed to me. <laughs> I'll make clips. <laughs> you know what, too, Andy? I was thinking, tell me what you think about this. I was going to add a caveat, because you know how much I like to curse, right? Yes. What if, for the whole Bloodborne stream, I'm not allowed to curse? You know, it's it's funny that you mention that, because now that we're an affiliate, we can do these things called channel points. And our friends over at Two Ps, um, they actually have um, a thing for their channel points to where you can redeem it. By the way, you get channel points just by watching and chatting and stuff like that. Um, but for I think it was like for two hundred points, they you can implement that they're not allowed to swear at all. I like that. For those that are listening to this, um, please give us some ideas for some channel point stuff. Um, and we'll we'll probably implement some of those because, like I said, we weren't quite ready for affiliates, so we're still having to brainstorm on different things we can do with the channel. So if you have ideas, please send them to us. Yeah, for my stream, I'm thinking no cursing, and so I'll have to get creative with my uh, my fury. You'll <laughs> be like Joe Pesci from Home Alone, just frickin', dancing frickin', all around. Frickin', 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 frickin'. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, let's uh let's get on with a few more of these. The next one is Corrupted Eater Witch. Oh man. Um okay. I I I've got an idea forming. I almost feel like my brain is doing a Jeff Goldblum thing right now. Like, it's like oh yes, mm, I <laughs> I can see it. Yes, mm, okay. So it's it's a witch. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, very uh corrupted. She does a lot <laughs> of damage. Mm, and here's the thing. Um, when she does damage, mm, you you become corrupted as well, and you can't heal. So the whole thing of the the boss, hmm, wait for it. You you have to avoid taking damage. Yes, 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 yes. Um and um she'll have a second phase to where um you're automatically corrupted. So for the whole second phase, you can't heal at all. Hmm. So yes, hmm. Corrupted witch, yes, 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 yes. Uh favorite boss, go. That, that was a very good Jeff Goldblum impression. <laughs> I don't have the voice down, but I've got the mannerisms. Yeah, he's got the cadence. That's the important part. Uh, now, what game would... Do you think that would be Sekiro? Um, I could see it in the Dark Souls lore, honestly. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because of a witch. I mean, honestly, it could fit all of them, because Bloodborne has a witch as well. Okay, let's uh, move on to the next one. It's going to be... Oh, this is kind of interesting, because I think there might be a boss with like a similar name. <laughs> it's it's Red Dragon Beast. There's got to be a boss similar to that. Um, I don't remember many dragons that were bosses, but I do remember... In the first Dark Souls, at the bottom of the sewers, there was a dragon that shows up, and that whenever I hear dragon in Soulsborne, that I can't see anything other than that thing because it it comes up and it looks like a little snake head, and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna go fight a dragon, and then it reels back, and its whole underside is like a fucking huge like sarlacc style mouth, and I'm like, oh my god. 
I love the character designs in those games, man. Oh, I know. It's like so terrifying. They're just so disgusting and so creative. You can definitely tell that they're Lovecraft inspired because oh, yeah. you would definitely go crazy just looking at them. Okay, I think we'll do one more and then we'll end this. So the, uh, let's see, the final one is going to be Ancient Blight Weaver. So I hear Blight and I think about Dark Souls. The first Dragon Age. No, no, uh, oh, that's right. Dark Souls did have Blight Town. But in the first Dragon Age, the, the big bads were called the Blight. Um, that's what the Grey Wardens had to kill. So I'm thinking it's like a plague. He's going to do a lot of poison damage. Um, as far as what it looks like, I'm almost thinking it's some kind of... Not necessarily gelatinous blob, but it's not something that moves around. Um, it's something that focuses on projectiles and ranged attacks. And it was the source of an ancient plague that went through the rest of the kingdom or the land or whatever. Um, it was called the blight and this thing created it. So after, after scavenging or going through, um, we're going to say some catacombs, maybe it's the resting place of all the plague victims. Maybe it it got its fill and it went dormant and it's starting to wake up at the very bottom of these catacombs. You find it and you need to put it to rest permanently. I was thinking, what if it like is something ancient that lived deep underground? And it's like you said, it's it's not necessarily a blob, but it's sort of like kind of gelatinous enough that it kind of takes over like this ancient tree, like it, it weaves along the roots and stuff. So it's stationary like a tree, but it's using like the 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 branches and stuff to like lash out and like get you with the blight. Yeah, like it's almost like spores. Yeah, of. yeah. It's sort of like the plague incarnate that's kind of just taking over nature, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. And it's like fucking huge too when it finally like gets inside this tree. And you can see it sort of like oozing out of like the tree holes and stuff a little bit. And yeah, <laughs> like just a straight pestilence demon kind of thing. All right, cool. That, that was a fun uh, surprise mechanic. This was a pretty damn good episode overall, considering we were both, like, tired at the beginning and didn't really want to do it. <laughs> like, when Jacques said that we were slap happy, like, we oh, we God. started it, and then we stopped it and cut it and restarted. I didn't even start the intro, actually, because I couldn't hold it together. Like, I just bursted out laughing, so we had to redo it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to take us out because we're right at our time limit, so I don't want to piss off Mike. So, <laughs> once again, uh, go visit our socials. Uh, you can find the link tree in the description of this podcast. And that's pretty much it. Other than I'm just going to encourage you to go follow us on Twitch again. So, we we have a lot of funny shit up there. <laughs> a lot of clips you can go watch <laughs> and or VODs or whatever. Though we stream Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's it. Uh, Indy, do you have any final words? Um, the only thing I'm going to say um, is now that we are a Twitch affiliate, we can also have subscribers. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can give us a free sub. Um, and we actually do get some revenue off of that. And the only thing I want to kind of 
levy to everybody is that if you guys do sub, the revenue that you guys give us goes right back into the show. Um, some of us need better equipment. Sometimes we need to renew some subscriptions that we use to kind of keep the podcast going. Um, so anything that you guys can do to help support the channel, even if it's just telling your friends, Hey, go check them out. Please do. Um, this is definitely a passion project between all four of us. Um, we love doing this day in and day out and we would love to get to the point to where we don't have to pay anything out of pocket to do this for you guys. So any support you guys can lend us, we would love it and be eternally grateful. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's very important. And I think with our ADD powers combined, we can actually form a coherent thought. (laughs) Occasionally, occasionally. So with that being said, (laughs) (laughs) one more time, (laughs) I'm Shock. I'm Indy. And we'll see you next time, guys. Have a good one.